Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. Lauren Weber covers workplace and employment issues for the Wall Street Journal. Caught my eye recently with a really great piece. It's very visual. I'll do my best to uh, uh, to bring it to life for you as you're listening to the spoken word. Here was the headline. Forty percent of lawyers are women. Seven percent are black. America's workforce in charts. This is Lauren Webber. Laura, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. So the lead reads as follows. Almost 96% of all dental hygienists are women. Actually, I got that far, Lauren, and I stopped and I said, let me just think. No, I've never had a male dental hygienist. How come, why do some professions seem to align so clearly by gender? Ah, that's a good point. And I will also ask, when was the last time you were on an airplane and heard a woman's voice come over the intercom from the cockpit? I don't think I've ever heard uh, a woman Never. speaking from the cockpit. And I think Never. women are actually a few percentage points of pilots, but but definitely it's mostly male. Um you know, it's, it, it is such an interesting conundrum because it's been 60 years since we had the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which outlawed discrimination. Uh, we know it still happens, but it's certainly declined a lot. I, you know, a lot of this now is it's, it's everything from self-selection. Um, you know, we, we, we often choose the careers that of related to what we see around us. So, you know, our possibilities are shaped by what we see around us. So if you don't see or hear a lot of female voices from the cockpit, then if you're a girl, you may not think that that's a career option for you. So, you know, there is some amount of that. And then, you know, there are still some barriers that are that are hard to understand, whether it's culture, cultural stereotyping or, you know, hard to see in action, cultural stereotyping or, you know, there's still discrimination out there. But I think a lot of this is how we sort ourselves. And there's a really there's a lot to be said about why we choose the careers we choose. So here's another one that jumped off the page at me. Ninety six point seven percent of preschool and kindergarten teachers are women. And you made me think, Lauren, back on my own, you know, K through uh, 12 years. When was the first male teacher that I had? It was Mr. Reckner in fourth grade. Uh, Up until that time, all female. Why? If there are so many men in education and there are, do we see so few at the preschool or kindergarten level? 
Well, you know, it, we see a lot of women gravitating towards so-called caring professions. Uh, so that could be everything from childcare to nursing to, um, you know, many kinds of service jobs. Uh, and you see fewer men going into those jobs. Again, I think that has to do with ideas we have in society about who does what and um, who's good at what. So, you know, those kinds of things, it takes a really long time for people to expand what it is they think they can do. I mean, I have a, a colleague, he and I talk about these statistics a lot, and he was saying that, you know, he, he benefited from the fact that so many really, really smart women go into early child education. These are probably women who could have become management analysts or surgeons or who knows what else. I mean, many of them could have, but because they may have seen their own choices kind of circumscribed in, in various ways, um, you know, super smart women went into early childhood education. And those of us who had female teachers who could have been doing other jobs had they chosen to or had they fought through certain barriers back in those decades, um, you know, we benefited from having really, really uh, – you know, intelligent people putting their talents into those kinds of jobs. Lauren, where does the data come from? This is all from the Labor Department. Every year, the Bureau of Labor Statistics publishes a table that breaks down about 600 different occupations um, by race, gender, and ethnicity to kind of give a snapshot of where the American workforce is. I mean, I, I assume that in some instances, this is born of discrimination and patterns that haven't been completely eradicated. And in other instances, maybe it's a reflection on the comfort level that uh, a client might have in terms of who a service provider might be. Yeah, I think that that's all true. I mean, there's a, there are sociology textbooks worth of explanations for why these numbers look the way they do. But what I keep coming back to and thinking about is the fact that we want an economy where people are free to put their skills and talents to use at what they enjoy doing, what, they, what they're best at. So in that sense, you want to have a, a labor force where barriers are removed, where people can make choices freely. And, you know, lots of these choices are, are freely made. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, I, I think you can look at the data and see without question that a lot of choices we make are shaped by what we see around us and the culture that we live in. It's interesting that you referred to the quote unquote caring professions as those that historically women have gravitated toward and filled the ranks. Um, I wrote a, a note in the margin of your column, your story on this subject. I wrote Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, and I was referring to meet the parents. I don't know if you remember in the movie, but but Ben Stiller is okay. a male nurse. Right. And and this was kind of a laugh line that he was a it, it was made to look as if it were him doing an effeminate profession. There are a lot of male nurses, not as many as there are female nurses. But the, the idea that that would have become something deliberately relied upon by Hollywood in the movie was itself telling. That's a really good point. And, you know, it, it should be said that's a, a well-paying profession. Um, and so, you know, you would you would think you would want to have. Uh, anybody feeling like they could do that job. Not only is it a well-paying profession, but it's a profession where we need more people. We need more nurses. Uh, so, you know, you want, again, you want a labor market where people feel free to um, make choices without having to 
worry about what those kinds of stereotypes are, what, what it might say about them or who may make fun of them in a movie or in real life. Okay, so your review was not just gender-based. You point out that the ethnicity makeup of the U.S. workforce, 76.5% white, 18.8% Hispanic, 12.8% black, 6.9% Asian. By the way, I'll bet some people are surprised to hear that the number of Hispanics in the workforce so far exceeds those who are black and Asian. But then you look at different professions broken down by ethnicity. And here's one that jumped off the page at me because I did a number of years ago, I did a large renovation project. And I, I remember on a particular day, it was drywalling day. Like all of the studs had been put in and the, the electric was being laid in and so forth. But like this was the day that this house that I was building was going to get the drywall treatment. And a large crew of all Mexican drywallers came into the property and did a hell of a job in one day. And I remember speaking to the, the GC, the general contractor, and him saying to me that the industry is largely run by Latinos. And your data bears it out. The percentage of those who are uh, drywall installers, you have 74.3% drywall installers, ceiling style installers and tapers who are Hispanic or Latino. I think I know the answer to this, but why do some professions have such a reflection uh, based on ethnicity? Yeah, that is a really good question. I mean, one thing to keep in mind is for many of those construction jobs, no college degree requirement. Many um, immigrants or, you know, and Hispanics in particular have the lowest rate of college degree attainment in the U.S. So you, you see people also sorting based on what are the credentials required for jobs. Obviously, like those are high skilled jobs, but they don't require a college degree. Um, and they're good for people who, you know, many people or, you know, came to the U.S. without having, uh, you know, in English language skills. And so, uh, you know, and it's not just immigrants, of course, it's also native born Hispanic workers. Um, you know, that is also, I think, the effect of I'm sure there's a sociological term for this, but, you know, sort of a community effect where, uh, you know, my uncle does this job and right. he gets me, right. uh, you know, a position straight yeah. out of high school helping out on the crew. So, you know, you have this kind of community effect where uh, people join professions or join workplaces where their friends or family or community members are. Right. I mean, I think, uh, for example, I, I hope this doesn't sound as if I'm stereotyping, but I guess I am. I think of diners. I'm, I'm bringing this up because yesterday was President's Day. I was off. Our family, we went to a local diner that we love. It's run by people who are Greek. Uh, Greeks have historically, you know, like diners have been their thing in the same way that Hispanics have had drywalling. Or maybe that the Postal Service has a disproportionate share of black workers. Yeah, the Postal Service is very interesting. So the, the Postal Service was one of the first uh, federal agencies to um, desegregate, to start mm -hmm. opening jobs to black workers. That was right after the Civil War. And then it also was uh, a job where there was an entrance examination. So talk about a meritocracy, like when you have an entrance exam and it has a cutoff, and if you, you score above the cutoff, you're eligible for certain jobs. It is really a way, you know, when you have an objective measure like that 
to make jobs available to people who might face barriers at other kinds of jobs. Um, and, you know, you had uh, the Postal Service has always been a real pathway to the middle class for um, black communities. And then, again, it's that effect of seeing what you see around you. So, you know, you're a kid growing up um, and you see, you know, a neighbor who works for the Postal Service who, you know, got a nice house or has a good job. And maybe that starts to seem like a good path. For you, so it's, well, we, Lauren, you know, again, we still have. Uh, I would be able to speak much more articulately to these kinds of effects, but um, you know, it's it's that idea of what you see around you as being what's possible for you. One one more example, if I may, the Asian workforce is six point nine percent of the population, but sixty four point eight percent of manicurists and pedicurists. I assume it's that same community effort or influence, probably a better word, where uh, others who they're related to or are in their social orbit, you know, we we still tend to self-sort, don't we? So you're going to have an aunt or a sister or a cousin, somebody who's who does that for a living, who kind of brings you into the fold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, a big part of the effect. Um, you know, it's also a service worker job. So, uh, you know, for people who, who might be you know, arriving in this country or, um, right. you know, for, for new immigrants, I think that's, that's one pathway, especially obviously women. That's a primarily female industry. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Lauren Weber covers workplace and employment issues for the Wall Street Journal. Her piece is in all my social media. She co-authored it with Stephanie Stamm. Um, one other important aspect of this that I, I think is uh, will be of interest to the audience. So we've talked about some professions where there's a disproportionate number of individuals reflected by gender or ethnicity who do this job. In what professions do we see 
a mirroring of society? Like, what are the jobs that seem to reflect well the entire composition of our population? Yeah, that was really interesting to look at. Um, We found um, professions like hairdressers, human resources managers, paralegals, dietitians, and nutritionists in those occupations and also a bunch more, including journalists, which was interesting for me hmm. to see, um, you, they, they mirror the um, racial and ethnic makeup of the, of the workforce. For gender, you see that in you know, fields as diverse as actors, management analysts, and post-secondary teachers, uh, you know, which is far more gender-balanced uh, field than, you know, those kindergarten and preschool teachers. Final question, and I hope I'm not catching you cold. Do we see signs of, of these differences dissipating or are they here to stay? That is really interesting. And, and I, I did look over time because the BLS, Bureau of Labor, Labor Statistics, has published this data for about 20 years or so. It's hard to compare because they're often changing, adding occupations, deleting, combining or separating jobs. Um, but, for example, you see um, women are a far bigger percentage of veterinarians uh, and animal trainers, interestingly, than they were maybe about a decade ago. Um, you see some of those same changes among web developers and computer programs. It's much more racially diverse, still not you know, representative, but it's much more racially diverse than it was 10 years ago or so. Uh, so you do see a lot of changes, and I think that's fodder for a future story to look at uh, what are some of the occupations that have changed a lot over the last decade. Lauren, thank you for being so gracious with your time. Wipe the slate clean. Give us a takeaway. Make us look smart. You've you've poured over the Bureau of Labor Statistics. You've come away with what conclusion? Well, I think this is a fascinating snapshot of where we are in terms of the distribution of occupations. I think it shows we have a ways to go in making sure that people can put their talents to use in the best ways possible and where they are, um, where they are most interested and most skilled. We have a lot to do to get to the point where human capital is used as well as it possibly could be. Nicely done. Thank you again for being here. Thank you. That's Lauren Weber. Uh, gang, I'll, I'll piggyback. Uh, yes, TC, I see your hand from 5,000 miles away. <laughs> I will, um, I'll piggyback on that. I want to ask a different question slightly. Is it necessarily a bad thing? Now, if we're talking about a profession where there's been discrimination, like people want in, maybe it's the legal profession, only 7% black, when those who are black and in the workforce are 12.8%. You know, has historically has discrimination played a role in that? I assume that it has. That's got to be addressed or redressed. But is is there discrimination? You get your nails done, right? Do you say? I mean, I do. Is, is yes. your is your manicurist is your pedicurist uh, Asian? Yes, or uh-huh. Hispanic, one or the uh-huh. other. Hmm. And never the twain shall meet, except for in one place that's owned by Asians and everyone who works there is Hispanic. And it's very curious. Does it mean necessarily that, you know, people who are not black or Asian are being closed out or they're just not coming for those jobs? And among Asian family members, as I said to my guest, you know, you recommend you give a, a, a leg up for somebody to get into the business. 
It's a great question. It's a great question about uh, about race. It's also a really good question about gender. I'm sitting here looking at Lauren's piece in the Wall Street Journal, which I found at smirconish.com. Thank you. And the, the, the five top jobs for female workers, as you mentioned, skincare specialists, preschool and kindergarten teachers, legal secretaries and administrative assistants, dental hygienists, and speech language pathologists. Does that mean that a man would feel uncomfortable doing that job? Would we feel, would we as the sort of uh, society feel strange to lie down in a dental chair and have a man there? I I don't know where it ends and where it begins, these stereotypes. Okay, you know? wait, I, I want in on this. So I, because my dentist is male... The idea that My I'm going in there. My dentist is male too. Okay, but the idea that I'm going in there and the hygienist is male, I don't, I don't think that would be, because I've never had one before. Because I've never had one before, it, it might initially uh, just be surprising to me, but it wouldn't be uncomfortable to me. I just am not accustomed to it. However, if as a parent, you drop your son or daughter off at preschool and the preschool teacher or the kindergarten teacher is male and you're a former Montessori teacher of young kids. But like, how right. would you as a parent feel if the kindergarten or preschool teacher were male? I think I'd feel the same way about the dental hygienist. Like it would seem strange because mm. it's not something that I'm used to, but I wouldn't be concerned about it. I would just want them to be a good teacher or a caring person, et cetera. But it would definitely be like, oh, okay. <laughs> the same way, what? let's go to the share of male workers. If your pipe layer, brick mason, or logging worker is a female, you're like, hey, look at her go. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, the law environment. I had a paralegal. He was a wonderful guy, but it was a guy at a time when paralegals were disproportionately female, maybe they still are. I'm a little out of they touch. They still are. It's one of the top. It's one of the top five legal secretaries and administrative assistants. And and by the way, he was a lawyer who just chose not to practice per se, but rather to to work as a paralegal. And it suited him, and it suited me that we would work together. You know, in that role. Um, let me just go over some of the rest. Yeah, I see the calls and I, yes, I do want more of your phone calls. I'm at 855-486-1776. Almost 96% of all dental hygienists are women. Six out of seven lawyers are white. And the racial and ethnic makeup of paralegals, hairdressers, and dietitians closely mirrors that of the overall U.S. workforce. The Bureau of Labor, Labor Statistics each year publishes data looking at the gender and racial composition of hundreds of occupations, offering a snapshot of how workers sort themselves into many of the most important jobs in the country. There are sociology textbooks worth of explanations for these numbers, but here's one clear conclusion. Many occupations skew heavily toward one gender or race leading to a workforce where 96.7% of preschool and kindergarten teachers are women. Two-thirds of manicurists and pedicurists are Asian. And 92.4% of pilots and flight engineers are white. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4 
Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner, too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a... Like a good neighbor? Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor? State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Okay, so I think this will be Gary in the great state of Washington. Gary, greetings. Talk to me about your job or your reaction to the data you just heard. Sure. Hey, um, I have a male hygienist. Really? And, uh, I've been going, yeah, I've been going to the same dentist for 35 years. Um, I go in one Friday, and they say, Jose will be out to get you in a minute. And I got to tell you, it kind of shook me. I'm thinking, <laughs> Jose, this is a guy. Right. And, uh, Usually it is, he yes. Comes out. Yeah, he comes out, and I got to admit, it kind of weirded me out a little bit. And uh, to shorten the story, he is my regular hygienist now, and he's great. Yeah. Absolutely no problem whatsoever. But, I mean, I, I don't... Th- I acknowledge that I've never had a male uh, hygienist, but it wouldn't be so it wouldn't be unusual for me in the sense that the dentist has always been a male. I don't let me just think for a moment. Yeah, Yeah, I've never had a female dentist. You know, me either. And uh, let me just digress for a second, because I know you've talked about jobs that have maybe different sexes have been pigeonholed in and. I was sitting talking to a bunch of the gals at church one time, and we actually got talking about jobs. And one of the gals, we got on the subject that uh, <clears throat> a woman can do any job a man can do. And I pretty much subscribed to that. And I thought, well, I'm going to get you a little bit. And I said, well, there's a job men can't do. And they silence and they asked, what's that? I go, well, I can't do mammograms. I said, physically, I could do mammograms, but what woman would let me do one? So well, wait a minute, job, but, Michael, but, 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 but what about, okay, but wait a minute, what about all the o, OBGYNs who are uh, TC, who are who are male? Why, why, to his point, have you ever had a mammogram True. 
Have you ever had a mammogram administered by a man? I have never had a mammogram administered by a man. But would that and be my so? OBGYN is a, is is a woman, but she is actually a nurse practitioner, and the OBGYN in the office is a man. So that's interesting. Mm. 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 I love this. Yeah, I don't know why I love this. But I, I love it too. I do too because now everyone, I want everyone all day long in every interaction yeah. they have yeah. to be thinking: Is this person usually a woman? Is this person usually a man? Is this right. person usually white? Is this person? I mean, I think it is fascinating. Me too. Okay, let me go to Joseph in St. Louis. Joseph, greetings. What are you thinking? So it's not wrong to actually be talented at what you do. So if you happen to have the art to put on fingernails at the finest lines like they're making a, you know, a dollar bill or something, it's amazing to see some of these people's capabilities. So to show up in another country and have a talent, that would be great uh, that we appreciate. But the big picture is that the formula of I call it the formula for life. So basically all services and products you'll ever use in your lifetime. Some people spend money after they're dead to hire lawyers and accountants and other people. But all the services and products you need, 70% of all those services and products can be created within a five-hour grid pattern of where you live. So you can open up factories all across the country and offer anybody any kind of job they dream of because you could literally give a letter to everybody to give them a thousand jobs if you use a. Uh, I, I don't understand. I don't understand the point. I'm, it's probably me. But what what is the relevance so what of I'm that? Saying is that um, in the last hundred years, people did jobs because they fit into that. But if okay. you're talented, in the next hundred years, using modern systems, you could be offered jobs to do absolutely everything, and right. be able to As- be trained to do it. As as but long as as long as art, as long as long as artificial intelligence doesn't take that job, correct? RJ, what did you most want to say on this subject? Uh, almost forty years ago, when I was in college, I actually tried to get into early childhood education, and uh, every place I applied to flatly turned me down because I was a man. And then, curiously, later when my wife's career took off, I became a stay-at-home dad uh, <laughs> and had very a, a lot of interesting uh interactions with moms on the playground who really didn't think I should be there <laughs> at a pre, at a preschool level tc is it is it a potty training thing like you know stuff's going to uh, happen and they they don't well, want be, you know but there are boys too i mean it's not like it's all girls you know i i, I don't uh Okay, no, if something if something so. had happened, if something had happened, and it never did at the Montessori school with our kids, but you know, you and Mrs. Shores would have sorted it out. You, you know mean, what I mean? It had an accident. Is that what you yeah. mean? Yeah. Oh no! All the kids kept changes of clothes, and they're like cubbies. What are you kidding me? Of course it happened. It right. happened all but the time. I'm, but I'm saying, if it had been if it had been a male in that role, but, would the but, parents have been you, a little the, unsettled? The caller's point, though, is what's the difference? Dads, I mean, take care of their kids all the time. So I, I don't know the answer to that. But yeah, mm. there is a, somehow there feels like there's a difference. There shouldn't be, but it does feel like it. Aaron, you are in Kansas City. Greetings. What are you thinking? Um, I am a woman in a predominantly male industry. I'm in sales and specifically an outside sales rep, and I work specifically in the chemical industry. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that all salespeople are predominantly male, but in my career, and I've been in it over 20 years, I've definitely been in the minority the entire time. When you went into that profession, did you know so? Uh, 
no. Actually, I was hired right out of college to help mm-hmm. um, an older female rep who had grown her territory and needed some help. Ironically, she was the only other female um, in that position when I took the job. But I really just went into sales because that's what my dad did. And my dad was good at it. My dad sold cars for a living. And so I decided that, hey, maybe I'm going to try sales. <laughs> so by, the, by the way, by the way is, isn't, isn't that another one like car salesman? Uh, I have to believe way overrepresented by by men as compared to women. It's been a long time since I was on a uh, yeah. you know, a, a lot looking for a car, but I imagine you'd you'd really see the numbers being out of whack in in that instance. Uh, where's Mary? Mary's in Gilbertsville, Pennsylvania. Hi, Mary. Hi, Michael. How are you? Good. What are you thinking? I. Uh, well, I just wanted to weigh in on the dentist. I have a female dentist, and her whole practice oh. is all female. Wow. All and right, girl power. I absolutely, yes, I was absolutely attracted to that because I kind of grew up with a dental phobia, and a lot of it had to do with these icky men who had doughy hands and <laughs> uh, kind of were like, you're so vulnerable laying there, and they're in your mouth yes. and yeah. yada, yada, yada. But uh-huh. um, having a female dentist has put me quite at ease and I've been going and been at her practice for now for like the last five years. Absolutely love it. Okay. They do do exist. They do exist. And an all, and an all female staff. Love it. Yeah. Thank you for the report. I appreciate it. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS channel 124. Live weekdays from 9am to noon East or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mowing Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner, too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.